Today at Kalos Church, we're asking the question, how many times are we supposed to forgive a person according to the ways and words of Jesus? And guess what? You may not like the answer. Thank you for joining us here at Kalos Church Online today. My name is Pastor Amritha. And I'm Pastor Pradeepin. And we are called Kalos Church. Kalos means beautiful in Greek. And we know a lot of people have heard or seen ugly things when it comes to the church. But when you look at the words and the ways of Jesus, we think it's all quite beautiful. So our mission is to make known the beauty of Jesus. If this is your first time tuning in for Kalos Church, we'd love for you to say hello by texting hello to the number on the screen. We don't want to just be a friendly church, but a church of friends. Yes, and due to the precautions being given because of the coronavirus by our community, by our government, this is our second service here online. And we know that this has been a crazy week. Mm -hmm. We've been getting yeah. updates almost every single hour. And so we know that there's a lot of feelings and a lot of responses happening to yeah. what's going on with the coronavirus. But we want you to know that that by having church online, this is not an action of fear. It is an action of love. We believe that to love our neighbors means that we would protect our neighbors and that we would be there for one another. We would really be advocates that our community as a whole would be healthy mm -hmm. and would be safe. We also really want to help not overwhelm the healthcare professionals that are in the front lines, the nurses, the doctors, really in the front lines of this things, working so hard to care for our community. Mm. So by having church online, we want to make sure we are having an action of love. And we mm -hmm. want to encourage you today to have a successful online experience right here in your home. We are actually here in our kitchen. Welcome. Welcome back. And we know that you are at home this morning and we want to encourage you to rally your family and maybe your roommates, anybody that's with you around a computer or around a TV and join in worship with us today. And there's a few things that you can do to make this a successful experience. And that is you can be the pastor of your own home. You can be the worship leader of yeah. your own home and you can get everyone together and really continue to attend church just like you would on a regular Sunday morning. I want to point out two links that are right below this video and one of them is communion. You can actually take communion together as a family today and you can also worship with us. Click on the link, turn on some worship songs and worship God in music as well. So keep coming to church. We encourage you and we believe that the coronavirus does and stop the church, but the church that can, can continue to live on. And we're excited that yeah. the gospel will continue to be the most viral thing in the world. Amen. Well, we want to share with you each week a story of praise, a praise report, and a prayer request every single week. And we're actually going to talk about real stories mm. from people in our community at Kalos Church. And the first one is a prayer re praise report. Uh, in fact, we've been just getting miracles. God has been doing wonderful things. So while you're watching on the news a lot of scary and hard things, we want you to know that God is alive, and He's moving, and He's touching people's lives. And in fact, 
fact, um, there's a woman at our church. Her name is Emmy. And Emmy just found out a couple of weeks ago that her brother's lung collapsed. And it's a really scary mm. time right now to be in the hospitals or have to go to the hospital. And his lung collapsed. And it was a really a hard time to see him hooked up to all of these machines and trying to get well and Emmy and her family were with uh, her brother in the hospital. And um, one of our small group leaders, Linda Ho, actually called Emmy and said, hey, Emmy, do you want to come to our small group? It's called Taco Tuesday. Emmy said, this is what's going on (laughs) in our family. I'm not able to come. And Linda said, hey, could I just stop and pray with you and pray uh, for your brother? So they prayed together. Emmy went back to the hospital um, and just saw the situation with her brother and gathered her family and they began to pray for him as well. And God began to heal her brother. In fact, uh, it wasn't very long after that, that her brother actually got up and was able to start walking and was taking a lapse around the hospital. So prayer does work. I want you to know whatever is going on in your life, you can pray. We're going to pray even together today uh, for the needs of our church. And But know that God is doing some really miraculous and beautiful things in a really hard time right now as well. So the other thing I want to share is a a prayer request. I want us to keep praying as a church, Mm. even if it's in this online space, that we can lift one another up in prayer. Uh, We have another woman at our church named Jamie and her and her husband uh, live in the Seattle area and her husband um, has actually lost his job due to the coronavirus Mm. and all of the different things going on and and organizations and companies shutting down and so um, they're just in a really stressful financial situation Um, and it it was really so brave and vulnerable of Jamie Mm -hmm. to share this with our church community Um, and also just her daughter experiencing some anxiety due to all of the things maybe you have kids also They're seeing the news. They're hearing you talk about it at home. Um, And it can cause some anxiety and some fear for our kids. And so we just want to pray together for Jamie and her family um, and for their daughter as well, experiencing this anxiety. And if you're experiencing that too, I extend this prayer to you as well. So why don't we just pray together right now for Jamie and her family? God, we thank you so much that you are still in control, Mm -hmm. that you are sovereign. Lord, I thank you for the miraculous way that you healed Emmy's uh, brother. And Lord, I ask that you would continue to pour out your blessing and your miracles on our community. God, we lift up Jamie and her husband, and I ask God that you would be the great provider. Lord, I ask that you would see them, and Lord, wherever the finances need to come from, Lord, we just ask that that you would provide, that you would intervene in that situation, that you would bring peace to their home. And Father, for their daughter, I ask that you would diminish all anxiety. Anyone else who's experienced anxiety and fear in this time. Lord, we ask that we would not fall into a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and sound mind that your scripture, your word talks about. So we pray over that family. We pray over all the families that are being impacted in such a great way during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, we are continuing our series on death to selfie. And so I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Pradeepan. Well, hello, everybody. I'm so excited to continue our series. It's been a really intense time, and I promise you, we planned this series before the coronavirus really swept through Seattle and the United States and the whole world. This whole idea of death to selfie is really challenging, though, some of our beliefs of elevating ourselves against what 
Jesus says, he says, deny yourself. He says, pick up the cross. Don't just follow your own heart. Follow me is what the scripture says. And so we're going to talk about a really intense subject. We're going to talk about forgiveness. And before I jump into a scripture, I want to start off with a small joke. You ready, honey? Yes. It's going to be good. All right. Well, did you know that the U.S. just passed a Loan Forgiveness Act? I'm really excited about this. So now we're required to forgive the government for our student loan debt. Ah! <laughs> what are the odds? What are the odds? All right, let's jump into Matthew 18. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Wow, that's 490 times. Let's pray again for a revelation from the scripture. Dear Father, thank you so much for your word. And I pray that we wouldn't just be hearers of your word, but doers. We pray in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. Everybody on Facebook, everybody on YouTube, everybody on TikTok. Are we on TikTok? I don't know. I don't know, but amen to amen. everybody. Amen. Amen. So the title of my message today is, how many times should you forgive? Jesus says, seven times 70. The math is 490 times. That is a lot. And uh, I just have this question. Have you ever held a grudge? You know, this idea of forgiveness can be a really challenging one. There have been times when I've held grudges in my life. I remember when I was in high school. It's hard to remember I was ever that young. But back in high school, I was really mad at my youth pastor. His name was Pastor Garth. And uh, I was mad because we had this youth church event with all the high schoolers and kids. We went to a swimming pool. We're swimming. We're having a great time. And then the youth pastor, you know what? He starts to yell at me. He starts to chew me out. He starts to belittle me in front of everyone. And I felt so small and embarrassed and hurt. And usually I would just let that fester in my heart. I mean, it was kind of traumatic, but I decided, you know what? I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm going to confront him. I'm going to talk about this. So I go to Pastor Garth and I say, hey, I, there's something I need to forgive you for, something I want to free you from. There's some offense and pain in my heart, but I don't want to let it hold me back. I believe the Bible calls me to forgive you. And that means I'm not waiting for you to apologize. In fact, I'm going to give you release from my hurt even before you apologize forgive. And you hurt me at the swimming pool with your words and your actions. And I just want to let you know, Pastor Garth, I love you. I release you from that. I forgive you. And he says, Pradeepan, hey, I appreciate you sharing that. And I'm, I'm sorry if I've caused you pain, but I, I don't think you really experienced something that happened. Can I just ask you, what swimming pool did we go to? Because I don't remember the last time I've been to a swimming pool. And I had to think and really survey my heart and my emotions and my feelings. And I realized, oh, Garth, I didn't go to a swimming pool. This whole thing was a dream. I'm mad at dream, Garth. I'm not even mad at you, Earth, Garth. I'm mad at you, heavenly, terrestrial, celestial, <laughs> Garth in my dreams. And uh, before I could even apologize, he said, you know what, Pradeepan? I forgive you. You don't even have to apologize. And I'm so glad I didn't hold a grudge against him because he didn't even do anything in real life to hurt me. Literally, it was something I imagined as I lay my head on my pillow to rest. But I confronted him and I offered him forgiveness. And I, in fact, needed forgiveness for accusing him of something that didn't happen. 
But you know, the old pretty bin, I would have held that grudge. I would have bottled it up. I would have, you know, looked into every word, every look that he gave me. I would have projected that he hates me. He doesn't like me. He's just mean. He's probably treating people all these bad negative ways. But we had a conversation and forgiveness really restored our relationship. And when you are wronged or you're dealing with hurt or offense, how do you handle it? I mean, I've seen two camps of the way people handle these kind of things. Usually we hold a grudge that lasts forever. We're like, I know what you said, you know, back in Nam, and I'm still holding that on in my heart. I am holding a grudge against you. I can't believe you looked at me like that. I can't believe you said that to me. I can't believe you wore that t-shirt. I will hold on to that forever and ever. How many of us are that kind of people where we hold grudge? And on the other side, I see sometimes we will just like let go of things too quickly. We want to be a people pleaser. So someone punches us in the face and we're just like, ah, that really hurt, but I probably deserved it. Someone comes up to us and says, you are one pathetic loser. And your first response is, I'm, I'm so sorry. You're probably right. I am a pathetic loser and I'm just sorry I burdened you with my presence. So, I mean, what is the side of the trench that you fall on? Are you someone that holds a grudge forever? Or are you someone that doesn't really like to deal with confrontation or process things? So you just kind of let go of things super fast and you're a pushover. That might be something you want to discuss with the people around you, or you can leave a comment below. And this is something we need to understand as Christians. And Jesus addresses this issue when he talks about forgiveness so many times throughout the scripture. And as I was researching the state of America, I, I found this quote by the, the Michigan-based Fetzer Institute that said, Americans crave forgiveness, but are not very forgiving. And I, I've just found in my life when wronged, I want justice. But when I'm wrong, I want mercy. Have you ever felt that way? Mm. When, I'm, when I'm wrong, please help me, forgive mm -hmm. me, uh, look at my heart. But when someone wrongs us, we don't look at their heart. We only look at their actions and we want justice. Mm. When wrong, we want justice. When wrong, we want mercy. I looked up some stats by the Barnett Institute and they say around one in four practicing Christians, 23%, has a person in their life that they just can't forgive. Mm. Is there someone in your life that you just can't mm. forgive? What does the Bible say about that? Well, Jesus says we need to forgive seven times 70, 490 times. And I think that's just a symbol that we need to have a posture of forgiveness in our life. And point number one, I just want to illustrate from this scripture that we see in the words of Jesus that number one, there is no Christianity without forgiveness. Mm. Forgiveness is the bedrock of our whole entire yeah. faith, the example of Jesus, the way we're pursuing him. And Jesus moves on in that scripture and he says, hey, when you don't forgive someone, you're stepping into dangerous territory. You need to forgive seven times 70. And he gives us great story, this illustration. He says, hey, there was this king who had a servant and the servant owed him basically millions of dollars. And the servant said, I can't pay you back. Will you please forgive me of this debt I owe you? And the king says, I will forgive your debt of millions of dollars. And then that, that servant goes on and he realizes someone owes him a debt of thousands of dollars. Not as much as he owed, but still a debt that is owed him. 
And the person that owes him $1,000 says, hey, will you please forgive me of my debt? And he says, no way. I'm going to throw you in jail. I'm going to get you what you deserve. I'm going to get you justice. I want my money. Serving better. Give him my money. And so the king finds out what the heck is going on. I forgave you millions of dollars and you couldn't forgive someone that owes you thousands of dollars in Matthew 18 32 he goes on and he says then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said you evil servant I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart Jesus again says in Matthew 6, 14, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Mm -hmm. And this is the bedrock of Christianity. We are forgiven by God. And in the same way we receive forgiveness, we are called to offer forgiveness to those who hurt us. Forgiveness is central to Christianity. And this warning, I mean, I didn't make it up. If you don't like it, take it up with Jesus. But Jesus says, if you don't forgive the people who have wronged you, your father in heaven doesn't offer you forgiveness. Mm. To me, that's a scary thought. And I don't want anything to get in the way of the forgiveness God has given me. Amen. Amen. I don't want anything to get in that way. And so forgiveness that we get from God isn't earned, is it? It's something that we freely received. It's not because we crawled our way back to God or we pray this magic spell or we earned it with enough works. It's a free gift and God freely gives it. The scripture even says while we were still enemies with God, he loved us. He forgave us. He pursued us. And this whole idea of forgiveness is really a byproduct of God's love, not something we earn. Even some of us have a hard time forgiving ourselves, but self-forgiveness really is a product of the forgiveness God has already extended to us. It's not something we earn. It's something we receive. Forgiveness is not earned. It is a free gift that we learn from the example of Jesus who freely forgives us. And so I, I just want to ask you this question. Are you waiting for someone to do something to earn your forgiveness? Mm. Well, I would say that's not biblical forgiveness. And it is awkward learning the skill of forgiveness. It is awkward to learn how to let go of grudges. I remember as a, a Christian in college, I'm still figuring out my faith. And I remember being offended at this guy I'd never met. He said something on stage. He said this phrase on stage that really just... I don't know, it kind of grated against me. It offended me a little bit. He was kind of popular. Maybe I was a little jealous of him. And so I, I walked up to him right before he was about to go on stage again. And I say, hey, sir, I've never met you before. But I, I just want to say I forgive you because you said some horrible things on stage. And I don't need to tell you what you said. You probably know what you said. And I don't remember exactly what you said. But I, I just remember seeing your face and thinking, I don't like you but I want to let you know, brother in Christ, I forgive you. He was like, that is the most mean thing you could ever do. He was like, I'm offended now in the way you forgave me. <laughs> but I, I just remember like learning how to freely offer forgiveness. Obviously, I've learned how to be really mature, right, honey, in that forgiveness. And I'm not just going around hurting everybody's feelings and not really hashing out things with people I don't really have a relationship with. But the skill, the muscle is something I've had to learn to have this 
posture of forgiveness, following the example of Jesus and saying to people, you don't have to earn my forgiveness. It's a free gift. So is there someone you need to offer forgiveness to freely in the same way Jesus freely offered it to you? Point number two that I want to share is this. While forgiveness is part of Christianity, it is also something that's really beneficial to our personal lives. Number two, forgiveness doesn't change the past, but it does change the future. You know, forgiveness isn't saying, hey, what you did in the past is okay. It was all good. I'm not like, you know, saying, hey, continue to do that. Or I'm giving you basically uh, permission to continue to this. But it's saying, hey, I'm not going to hold on to that anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let it destroy me. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. said it like this. Let no man pull you low enough to hate him. And sometimes when we hold on to the wrongs and the hurts of the past, we let someone's actions pull us low. We let their words bounce around in our mind. We let their actions control our attitude and our emotions. And I don't want my attitude to be controlled by anybody but Jesus Christ. And so I'm not going to let anybody by their actions pull me low. That is easy to say. It's much harder to practice. But, you know, when we forgive people, we find freedom and healing, and it really does change our future. Uh, you know, there's this whole idea of, uh, you know, just catching feelings, catching hurts, catching offenses. And I think so many of us, when someone says something mean to us, we, we catch it and we hold on to it. And then someone else says something mean to us, and then we, we just kind of grab it. And then someone else says something or gives us a weird look, and we're, we're holding all these things in our life, and we just... We're unwilling to release the hurt, but forgiveness is freedom. Yeah. It's this opportunity where we say, hey, I don't want to hold on to this. I don't want the people who love me to have to get through this barrier mm. of hurt and a pain to touch me, to have a relationship with me. And so forgiveness is really freeing and beneficial for us because it allows us to be whole and healthy and healed, and to be free, and to release. And I, I just want to say, you got you got to let go at some point. Mm. You can't just keep on collecting hurts. Mm. You can't just keep on collecting offenses and pain. Some of us have this victim mentality where we're just waiting for people to wrong us and hurt us. We're afraid to give people the benefit of the doubt, and we're just not enjoyable to be around because people will have to wonder, ah, oh, if I don't act perfect around this person, they're going to hold a grudge against me. And that's just not what we're called to be as Christians. And that's just not a fun or healthy way to live our lives. And I, I just don't want anyone to pull me low. And so forgiveness, while it doesn't change the past, it doesn't give permission to people to do these things. It doesn't say those things are right. It will change your future and allow you to walk in freedom and health and to release all of these things that might be holding on to you. You know, is there, is there something you're holding on to? Is there a bitterness in your heart? Is there, is there a pain that you're just dealing with? And I, I'm so sorry if you are, and I don't want those things to be like bitterness in your bones. I don't want people's actions to control you, to make your heart hard, to make it difficult for you to be in a relationship with someone else. I mean, that's just no way to live. I believe that God wants you to be full of life and life abundantly, not death, not afraid to have interactions with people, not to have your guard up, afraid to let people in. That's just, it's not freedom. And so my prayer is that you would experience the wide open spaces 
the life of forgiveness, that your identity wouldn't be rooted in how people are wronging you. Your identity wouldn't be rooted in how you've had this foundation of pain or how people have attacked you or how you didn't get set up like some people or how people have come against you. I don't want that to be your identity. I want it to be Jesus has set me free. I am whole. My future is bright. My future is open to the goodness and the blessings of God. God has a plan for me. I am so full of grace and love. I can't help but extend it. I can't help but walk in freedom. I can't help but walk in the light of God. I release all these things. I have an open hand so that I can receive every good and perfect gift that our Heavenly Father has for us. Amen. Is there something you're holding on to? Well, I want to let you know if your hands are clenched like this, mm. it's very difficult for God to put blessings and good things. Will you let go mm. and let God? I know it's corny, but I mean it. Mm. Will you let go and let God give you every good and perfect gift that he wants you to have? Mm. It is powerful. And as we find the benefits for ourselves in forgiveness, we experience that healing. Point number three, I believe that forgiveness is something that saves the world. Mm. Forgiveness is something that is radical. Brian McGill says it like this. There is no love without forgiveness, and there is no forgiveness without love. And love is something radical. Love is something that changes the world. The love that God showed us changed our hearts forever. It changed my life forever. Even in Luke 23, when Jesus was wronged, he's on the cross. He's being tortured. He's experiencing his death to selfie moment quite literally on the cross. And this is what he says as people are mocking him and ridiculing him and hurling all sorts of accusations against him. They say, he says this in the scriptures, Luke 23, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Forgive them as he's bleeding, as he's sweating, as he's hurting, the people he's literally trying to save are condemning him. And he says, they don't even know what they're doing. Forgive them. And even telling his disciples to walk in this way, in Matthew 5, Jesus says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. And Jesus has this whole idea that if someone's a human, they're not your enemy. If someone's a human, you're called to love them. You're called to forgive them. You're called to pray for them. And in this series, following the example of Jesus, this whole death to selfie series, we've been highlighting uh, martyrs and persecuted Christians from around the globe. And this whole idea of forgiveness is really in the DNA of the global persecuted church. And I, I want to show you an example of someone who faced persecution literally to the point of death and how forgiveness was a central part of their testimony, even while facing the pain and the torture of a persecutor. Let's watch this video right now. Welcome to this edition of Christian World News, everyone. I'm Wendy Griffith. Thanks for joining us. Well, imagine seeing your husband, brother, or father brutally killed by religious fanatics. That's what happened to many families when ISIS executed 21 Egyptian Christians in February. While the horrible video led to worldwide outrage, some families are happy that the martyrs kept their faith. And as Gary Lane found out, 
they're ready to forgive. I was very proud that my husband stood firm in his faith and that he didn't deny Jesus. That surprising reaction is happening 150 miles south of Cairo, in the village of El Aour. Residents there honor the sacrifice of 21 Egyptians, brutally murdered last February by ISIS. Their pictures are prominently displayed in the sanctuary of Virgin Mary Church. Thirteen attended this church. The martyrs left behind family members, like 23-year-old Miriam Farhat. She became a widow when the militants beheaded her husband Malik Ibrahim in Libya. She first learned of his murder when she saw this now infamous video on local television. We were very sad for the first two days, but we hadn't seen the video. When we saw them in the video calling to Jesus, we were very comforted. And that's why Miriam and other families say they are now joyful, not sad. Babawi Alham's brother Samuel was among those killed. We were always praying that God would make them steadfast in their faith. We were very happy with what they said on the video, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. When we found out they had been killed for being Christian, we were very comforted because these were God's children and he took them. Although Samuel's wife and children now live without a husband and father, his family told CBN News their faith is stronger. They forgive the jihadists and even pray for ISIS. I pray for them that God may open their heart and they may know the truth and know that what they do is wrong and then do the right thing. Jesus told us to forgive every sin and we forgive them and we hope that they can come to know Jesus. Wow, what a powerful example, a powerful testimony. You know, I remember being in Egypt, like I mentioned in last week's sermon, and here are these Egyptian Christians that literally will not deny Jesus to their dying breath, and their family isn't bitter at the people that kill their family members. They forgive and love, and it's just, it's radical. It's something I even have a hard time understanding. This idea of forgiveness, shouldn't we get what we deserve? What about justice? What about all of these things? But Jesus simply calls us to say, hey, I don't want you to be the judge. I'll be the judge. But I want you to extend forgiveness and freely forgive in the same way I have forgiven you. And uh, I'm just really challenged by people who can operate in this way. I'm really challenged by people who can love their enemies. To me, that's a true picture of dying to self, denying yourself, picking up your cross and following the ways and the words and the example and the testimony of Jesus. It's just, it's so powerful. And it's something that quite literally is changing the world. When we forgive and love our enemies, they are transformed. Our love is not in vain. And the whole world is watching when we forgive people. I truly believe that when we forgive others, it is proof that God has forgiven all of us. Mm. When we forgive others, it's proof that God has forgiven all of us. It's an example, a testimony where the attention isn't drawn to us. It points people to our perfect father who freely forgives. But like in this video, I, I have a really intense question, but if this happened to someone you love, could you have forgiven those killers? Could you have forgiven those persecutors? If they would have attacked or persecuted or killed your wife, your husband, your children, your family member, your community member, your friend, could you offer the same forgiveness that these Egyptian Christians offered? Man, that would be a tough, tough reality. It'd be something I would have to work through quite a bit.
But I just, I want to end this sermon by asking this question. Who, who do you need to forgive? Where do you need to find freedom? Is there something you hold onto right now and you need to be free of it so that you can receive all that God has for you? And I, I know forgiveness often is a, a process. For me, it's been like an onion where I wanted it to be like a one-time event. I forgive and I'm done with it. But I, I've, I, as I've forgiven people in my life, it's been like I've had to pull a piece off and then a couple weeks later, I'm like, oh, I'm so angry. So I, I forgive you. Is there someone you need to go through the process of freely offering forgiveness? You know, in this whole idea of persecution, I've, I've had to do this. You know, my, my sister was in Sri Lanka last year and she was in... Uh, the country that was facing some persecution and as she was about to go to a church service on Easter Sunday there was a, a bombing and she was on her way she had information that there was going to be a bombing and she was able to get out of there but over 200 people died that day on an Easter Sunday and I just remember thinking man that could have been my sister and this hits so close to home and Lord I don't like this and I don't want this to ever happen but Lord I don't I don't want to become a bitter person so would you just even help me forgive these people who tried to attack my own family, who tried to attack all these Christians on such a beautiful day like Easter? Lord, would you give me the grace? And, you know, I still think about it sometimes and I still get a little bit angry, but I just say, Lord, help me to forgive in the same way that you have forgiven me. And so Kalos Church, let's offer the same kind of forgiveness even seven times 70, if that's what it takes to follow the example of Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you so much for this revelation of your word and forgiveness. Thank you for the forgiveness that you've offered us. Thank you so much, Lord. And I pray that you would just help us, Lord, that you would free us, Lord, from any pain, from anything that's coming against us, from anything that's restricting us. If we've caught feelings, if we've caught pain. Lord, I just ask that you would set us free in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. 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 And amen. Well, hey, I am about to transition here and we're going to hear a great testimony. But I realize that there are people here, maybe you haven't given your life to Jesus before. And if, if that's you, I would just love to pray with you. And if you want to give your life to Jesus, I'm going to lead you in a prayer, but I'm going to ask you to do something right now. If you want to surrender your life to Jesus, I want, to, I want you to text this number that we're going to put on the screen. I want you to text the word Jesus so that we can make sure that you're not alone in this and so that we can follow up with you and make sure that you're not alone in your journey with Jesus Christ. And as you do that, I want to lead you all in a prayer of salvation right now. So why don't we pray this prayer all together? Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Amen. Can we give it up for Jesus for life change? Come on. All right. Oh, what a beautiful message. Thank you so much, Pastor Pradeepin. We loved that. Hey, I just want to remind you, if you did surrender your life to Jesus today, go ahead and text that number in. Hey, we are um, in the same boat as you. I I have actually never heard that sermon before, but I'm so touched and so convicted Mm -hmm. by that. And so um, I just encourage you to take that challenge seriously, to consider who you really need to forgive. I promise you it will bring freedom to your life. Uh, So thank you so much for that beautiful word. We want to transition into a time of giving. You know, uh, this is a really interesting time uh, with all of the different things going on around us. And um, there are people that are that are financially vulnerable in times like this. And and I'll be honest, the church can be uh, in a vulnerable time as well uh, as Mm -hmm. we're meeting online and we're not meeting in person. And so I just want to encourage you. There's actually a link below this video uh, that you can actually click on and you can give to Kalos Church this morning. Um, If you've never been to our church, please don't feel any pressure to give. This service is a gift to you, but we do encourage you uh, to worship God with your giving. And I want you to know what your giving goes to. It really goes to life change. I shared a couple stories earlier about the way that God is miraculously moving and providing for people in our community. And as we pray for more, we just know that God continues to touch people. And we have a really awesome testimony that we want to share with you one more uh, this morning from a woman named Jelsey who attends our church. And Jelsey is amazing. She's actually on our dream team. She's a leader at Kalos Church. And she has a testimony I'd love for you to view right now. So about a month and a half ago, I found myself in a very difficult position. I was unexpectedly laid off from my previous job. I had only been there seven months, and this was the job that I got when I graduated from college, and so I was really excited about it. But then my employers came to me and said, we're so sorry, Um, we didn't expect this to happen, but we can no longer afford the role that you're in, so we are eliminating it. And at that point, I felt like a lot of my stability had just been taken from me. And so I had a mental breakdown and I basically had no idea what to do because I had no backup plan. I put all of my eggs in this job. And so um, I just went through the series of filing for unemployment and I ran into issues there with my previous employer. And so um, long story short, it was just a complete utter mess. And I, didn't know what to do, so I turned to my family, uh, my friends, uh, my Kalos community, and so I had a lot of people praying for me for God to provide an opportunity for me or to provide a new job, and so um, I kind of had been in this limbo, and uh, two weeks after I was unemployed, I basically um, was searching through job boards, and I applied for this market analyst position, and to my surprise, they called me, and interviewed with me and a week later I they offered me the position and a week after that I started my new role and so I think I definitely forgot the provision of the Lord um, even though it was a short amount of time I felt like nothing good was going to happen and so I think it, this is just a reminder that God will pull through for you he'll keep you on track whether you believe it or not and I know for me that was so hard for me to believe because I thought God had given me my previous job and so um, 
God has you, the Lord has you in his will and he favors you. And so this, I hope this is just a reminder that um, God has your back and even though you don't understand, he will pull through for you. All right. Well, that was a beautiful and powerful testimony. Chelsea, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you to those of you who are worshiping God with your giving uh, today. And we just know God is doing amazing things. Before I let you go today, I just want to remind you of a couple things. We did not forget about your kids. We love kids. We have kids. And we have a couple links right below, again, that you can click on your kid, your child, your littles, or your K through five, they can actually see their Bible memory verse today. They can actually view their um, teaching today as well. So be sure to gather the kids around and have a little Bible study with your kids. We try to provide all of the curriculum and the information there for you. We also want to encourage you in this time of kind of being encouraged to socially isolate. We still are actually meeting all of our small groups are meeting online this week and in the weeks to come. Yeah. And so I want to encourage you, make sure to go to a small group. You can click on another mm-hmm. link and all of the small groups will pop up. Pastor Pradeepan and I lead two small groups. So we are staying engaged as well this week. So we oh, yeah. encourage you to jump in to small groups. And the last thing today is crash course. We actually have a system where we still want to see people and follow up with people. And so you can actually click on the crash course link and and fill out this form that we can actually follow up with you. This is actually uh, a system that we have set up where we're going to reach out to you. We'd actually love to have coffee with you when it's safe uh, and all of those things. So we would love to follow up with you. Please, please, please. If you at all want to get involved in Kalos Church, click on that link. We would love to follow up with you through Crash Course. We're going to keep you updated every single week Mm -hmm. about what's going on at Kalos Church and having online service or when we get to meet again in person. So keep watching. Stay tuned on all of our social media avenues and we'd love to stay connected with you. So let me bless you before we go today. May you know and make known the beauty of Jesus. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Amen.